Welcome to the NCSS Parent Connect podcast, created exclusively for you parents, the heart and soul of our children's learning journey. I'm your host, Shabri Jones, an instructional technology specialist here in the Newton County School System, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be your guide on this exciting adventure. Today, we have the immense pleasure of bringing not one, not two, but three extraordinary leaders who are shaping the future of education in our community. Our guests today are not ordinary individuals. They are a dynamic trio of educational visionaries and the esteemed principals of three outstanding schools in our school district. Together, they have been guiding young minds, fostering academic excellence, and cultivating an environment of growth and positivity. During this episode, we will have the opportunity to learn about a day in the life of a student at their school from the principal's desk. We will also hear about their innovative approaches to education and their heartfelt commitment to creating a nurturing and exclusive learning environment for all students. So without further ado, let's give a warm virtual welcome to our incredible guests, the principals of Livingston Elementary, Dr. Yoli Howard, Mr. Michael Chapel of Indian Creek Middle School, and Mr. Jeff Cher of Eastside High School. So get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and uplifted as we embark on this captivating journey. So welcome, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right. So let's just jump right into it. Um, Dr. Howard, could you describe the mission and values of Livingston Elementary School? Yes. Thank you very much, Ms. Johnson. Thank you for having me. Um, Our First, our vision and mission is aligned with Newton County School System. We have the same vision and and mission to make sure, one, that all students will be well-rounded and prepared for the future. And of course, our mission is that um, we provide educational excellence for all students. When it comes down to our motto, that's what separates us. Our motto is to love, laugh, learn together. We feel that if we love on the students, we'll start beginning building trustful relationships laughing with the students teaches vulnerability, which you need and able to be able to learn. So that's why we go in that order and we preach it in everything we do and we we live it day in and day out. Awesome. And Mr. Chapel, how do you support students transitioning from elementary school to middle school? What is that like? Well, I know it can be kind of scary for students coming in from uh, elementary school. Uh, with my background, i Formerly used to work at a high school, so I know how the transition was for middle school students going to ninth grade, but especially for sixth grade students, some are a little, you know, smaller than others. They hadn't really hit their growth spurt by then. So we try to make sure we let them know that we're here for them, make sure we love on them, and, you know, make sure we're visible. Uh, it's just a funny thing for me, like those, especially sixth grade students, they're always telling you, hey, hey, in the hallway and stuff, and it's just kind of like, you know, I just seen you like around the corner. And so we just try to make sure, you know, they have fun at school, know school is a place to have fun as well as to learn at the same time. But I think the main thing is being visible and building those relationships with those students so they feel comfortable even coming to just talk to you. You know, I sit with them in the cafeteria and talk with them and, you know, joke with them. And, you know, one of the most fun things they probably take is, you know, give them an opportunity to win candy and win prizes. And that kind of helps them feel better, too. Awesome. That's always good. And that makes me feel better because I have a child of my own transitioning to sixth grade. So that's good to know. And Mr. Chair, so with transitioning into ninth grade, what does that look like for students coming to Eastside High School? 
Well, you know, I, I, first of all, thanks so much for having me and, and us. This is an exciting opportunity for us to just to share a little bit of insight of, of what we go through as a school staff. Um, but I, I can't imagine what students um, experience the, this day and age to, to be a student going through education in school and in this type of modern world that we live in. Um, for any ninth grade student, it's a daunting task walking into a high school. Um, as they are growing up, uh, the, their colleagues, their students, uh, their peers are bigger, larger, and, and for the high school level, close to adulthood, uh, beyond the magnitude of the building and, and how large of an environment that is, it, it's certainly quite daunting. Um, but, but at our school, we, we really try to focus on our mission of excellence for all students through strong relationships and instructional strategies delivered by effective educators. Uh, and those two big keys are, are, are really important, um, is that we're, our staff is going to try to work to build strong relationships with all students. It really doesn't matter where our students come from, uh, but once they walk into our building and they uh, join the Eastside family, uh, they are there to be loved and cared for, uh, kept safe, and to challenged and, and um, provided opportunities to graduate and graduate with excellence. So um, uh, the number one thing I tell our, our incoming ninth graders is it's important for them to get involved, is to, to find some sort of relationship, some sort of outlet, some sort of community within this large school setting in order to um, become attached to something greater than themselves. Uh, and in that, they will find affiliation, they will find service, and they will find their own identity um, as they continue to um, engage in the, the world around them. Awesome. You know, Mr. Chair, my time being at Eastside, I always think about when you say it's a great day to be an Eagle. And that's something that will, I guess, stick with students as they get older. They're going to always remember that. So that's a great thing. Uh, Dr. Howard, so I am a first-time kindergarten parent. My child did not go to pre-K. What suggestions would you give for a family, for a student entering the classroom for the first time? We, we have that happen often. Um, of course, students who have attended pre-K are a little bit more prepared for kindergarten. They've kind of gotten to the adjustment of not seeing their parents for hours um, and making um, and making friends. So when kindergartners come in here um, without that experience, we work really hard to build relationships with the parents. Like we start off say, trying to make sure that they understand what is the school day like? What What is their child experiencing? We over-explain the schedule. They're going to come in. We're welcoming them, even if they're getting off the bus or they're getting out of the car. Someone is there to greet them. We're here with hugs. We're here with smiles. Um, we're here with tissue to wipe your eyes when you're crying. Um, we're going to get them right to breakfast. And then we, we make sure that they know every morning they're going to be able to get a breakfast and they're going to get a choice. And um, mom, dad, you can go on the website if you want to, if you want to know what it is beforehand, you know, um, we make sure that they then know, okay, and they're going to meet with their teachers and they have two teachers and that's great because that's two sets of eyes. Um, making sure that we try to tell them about bedtimes. That has probably been the most crucial thing from pre-K through fifth grade, establishing um, reasonable bedtimes. I'd suggest always for my elementary school um, students, 8 p.m., and take the electronics away. Even at the kindergarten level, they have their tablets or they have their phones. 
there needs to be screen time set so they won't be up in the night <laughs> middle of the night because parents think they're asleep, but they're not. Um, and have have the screen time to shut off or have a device holding place that is outside of the bedroom. Um, so those are the advice that I give because usually when they come to school well rested, um, by the end of the week, they're going into their second week, they're like, okay, I go to lunch. Okay, I get to go to recess. Um, the last thing of advice I would give is make sure you've downloaded all the apps as requested from the School for Communication. Making sure that you have the teacher's remind um, uh, tag, making sure that you're following the school on Facebook or Twitter, making sure that you're listening to the school messengers so that you know all the events that are going on in school and all the things that your student is, is experiencing at our amazing school here. Awesome, awesome. Now, Mr. Chapel, what does a day, a typical day look like for a middle school student at Indian Creek? Indian Creek, uh, it's kind of like Ms. Uh, Howard was saying, it's, it's kind of like a routine. We try to help them to get into a routine early so they'll kind of know what to expect throughout the day. We don't like to have surprises throughout the day. So we try to limit those as much as possible. So the same thing, they're either coming in from car ride or coming off the bus. Uh, they can either have time in the gym in the morning or either they can eat breakfast in the cafeteria. And then once uh, 8.30 hits, they're going to class. So they're transitioning to their classes and getting ready for a uh, homeroom uh, by nine o'clock. And they know the announcements are going to come up. Um, and, you know, every day in the announcements, we have to repeat our Panther promise um, that we're going to be respectful and we're going to be a uh, positive role models. So we make sure we get that instilled in them throughout the day so they make sure they're making the right choices through the day. And as much as students don't like to admit to it, they love a routine. And if mm -hmm. you get off the routine, they're going to definitely let you know. All right. And Mr. Chair, what does a typical day look like for a high school student at your school? Um, well, uh, that routine is really important for us as well. Uh, hardest part of high school is getting started in the morning. Uh, um, I think Dr. Howard's exactly right that sleep is uh, something that our, our students enjoy and covet, and uh, it's sometimes difficult transitioning to a more traditional uh, start time. For us, 8.15 is when first period begins, and we need all students in class um, prior to 8.15. Uh, 8.15 means you're late, and uh, uh, that is always uh, something that our parents can help us out with is making sure the students are um, on time to school, either by riding the bus or, or by other means. Uh, but then uh, after that, we, we've got um, uh, our traditional uh, classes, uh, math, science, language, art, social studies, a uh, core curriculum, as well as our electives that uh, students uh, pursue pathways over the course of their four years in high school um, to uh, learn about different elective areas, foreign languages, uh, fine arts, um, physical education, just a variety of interests. Um, and uh, the biggest point for us is that uh, we want to start out that freshman ninth grade year on a positive note so our students uh, can be on time for graduation in four years and uh, not only graduate, but graduate with a purpose and a plan uh, and graduate with excellence. So um, uh, for us, it's a, a little bit of independence for students as they 
uh, we don't necessarily escort them to class or escort them to lunch or escort them to the restroom. Uh, as young men and women, we expect them to be able to navigate those um, areas appropriately uh, and be on time to class throughout the day. Uh, so um, uh, it, it's important for our students, again, like I said, just to, to be involved in, uh, and, and maintain that routine Monday through Friday uh, so that they are preparing themselves for, for life after graduation. Thank you, Mr. Chair. And to, to add to that or to elaborate a little bit more, how do you prepare your students for post-secondary education or a career pathways? Well, that conversation begins prior to high school. I know that in middle school and elementary schools, we're already as a school system uh, beginning that conversation. But in high school, it kind of culminates as we are the, the end point for uh, the school system uh, towards graduation. Uh, so that means during the freshman year uh, and sophomore years, we're really talking to students about uh, identifying career paths or post high school plans and, and, and whether they find exactly what they want to do, at least eliminate what they don't want to do. And slowly through that elimination process, um, they can uh, begin to, to more crystallize a, a better understanding of their aspirations. Um, but each of the years there in high school, we expose them to uh, college recruiters, uh, workforce recruiters, military recruiters as they come to our building and uh, send representatives um, to, to meet with our students personally and have conversations about what, what it is out there for them, what, what offerings are available. Uh, and so it's a balance between us as a school equipping our students to be prepared for those opportunities, but then also the students availing themselves and taking advantage of those opportunities to expose themselves to those opportunities. And uh, uh, when, when all of that is working well, then, then what we do is we produce graduates that are prepared and knowledgeable and motivated to take the next steps in life, uh, whether that is a career, a college, a technical school, or a military setting. Hey, the goal is to be a well-rounded individual. All right, Dr. Howard, um, how do you cater to the different learning styles and abilities of students at your school? Well, at the, at the elementary level, we are the ones who are finding out their learning styles. We are the ones who are finding out their, um, their strengths and their grows. So um, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's data driven and it's a lot of eyes on the kids. It's again, just a lot of partnership with the parents. And that's why I always say to the parents, please over communicate with the teachers. You know, a lot of times in elementary level, parents are hesitant to share things they've noticed at home um, because they feel their children are going to be labeled or, um, you know, misunderstood. But they're they're prolonging us enable you know in, in, in enabling us to be able to get their students where they need to be. We have cardinal time every single morning, which is an intervention time and it's standards based. So if there's a certain standard that a student is missing, we are trying to make sure that that student um, catches up. We have acceleration time and we have certain clubs that are geared towards. Um, different abilities. We have social emotional clubs where the students can have a lunch bunch with a counselor. We have um, a reading club. So sometimes it seems like a student may, um, they'll test very highly in reading, but in the class they're reading poorly just to see if it's an emotional. So we, we just have a, a wraparound effort for each individual child because again, we are 
the the first we are the beginning we are the ones who pass information to middle school and who passes it to elementary school by the time they get to middle school we have done the hard work and saying this is this baby's profile this is how you love on them this is how they're going to be um, the most productive and these are some of their um, hesitations um so we're we we prepare them for the rest of their educational life but the the easiest part is always when we have partnership with the caretakers awesome now, Mr. Chapel, I know that in the in middle school, we are learning about ourselves. We're changing. What initiatives are in place that promote character development and social emotional well-being at the middle school level? I think one thing for me is just, um, and some people have said it, making students accountable, teaching them to learn accountability for themselves because my my theory is always like I'm not preparing you for elementary. I'm preparing you to go to high school. So you got to be more accountable. So you need to start that at an early age. Um, also, one of the things that we kind of help our students is we have different ways for them to express themselves, be a part of clubs, to play in sports, um, just all kind of different things they could do. Another thing is the relationship with our student counselors. Our counselors go in and they speak with students. They have sign-up sheets where you can anonymously, where you can, you know, secretly or whatever, go and sign up to meet with the counselor. So no one has to, like, say, well, I need to go talk to the counselor. You can get online and submit the form and the counselor can, you know, call you out of class instead of you trying to, you know, ask the teacher about going. Maybe it's something they don't want to speak about. But, again, it all goes back to... I, I stress for my staff to build relationships with their students. Like you have to build a relationship with the student. If you don't, it'll slip through the crack. And so something will happen and another teacher will know about it. And, you know, when you say, well, why didn't you tell? Well, you know, I didn't really know I could talk to that person like that. And so we want to make sure you're always available for the student and make sure there are ways for them to know it's always somebody for you to talk to. Uh, middle school is hard. I mean, high school is hard. Elementary is hard. But middle school is that... And we find them more in seventh grade where you kind of in limbo. Like, I don't know, you know which way. That's when you start getting the, the older start coming and more questions start coming. And, you know, they just don't know what to do with themselves. So we try to guide that seventh grade group so they can start making decisions and, you know, figuring out what they want to do, who they want to be, um, making sure you're not hanging with the wrong people. And it's all about the choices that they have to start making. Thank you for that information. Uh, Mr. Chair. How do you um, or what resources are in place to support the college application and scholarship process? Uh, well, our school system uh, really tries to make sure that, that we're comprehensive in, in our offerings. We have local counselors that are available at each grade level at, at each of the high schools. Uh, but then beyond that, um, each high school has a um, college advisor. And this is uh, emerges from a partnership with the University of Georgia. Um, but this college advisor, especially trained uh, to uh, be aware of the latest scholarship opportunities, uh, college enrollment processes, updates in the ACT and SAT exams. Um, and this person assists our, our 12th grade counselor, 11th grade counselor in, in meeting individually with students and finding out the, the where they are now and, and what their plans are for the future and then providing those resources. 
Beyond that, our school system also has college and career readiness specialists that are centrally um, originated from the College and Career Academy. Um, And these uh, individuals work to develop partnerships between the school system and um, colleges, universities and workforce endeavors in order to make sure that that that. that communication is ongoing and not stagnant. Um, all these other areas, industries and education um, uh, entities, they have changes in roles and changes in personnel, just like we at the school do. And so it's very important for our, our school system to maintain those communications so they're current and accurate because uh, each senior hopefully only gets one shot to figure out uh, uh, where their scholarships and college applications are. And uh, and during that one shot year, uh, we want to make sure they have every opportunity to to reach their fullest potential and, and, and really flourish wherever their destination is. Awesome. Now I have a question for all three of you and we'll go in order from elementary, middle and high. Um, How do you foster, and I know it can be different for each level, but how do you foster a strong partnership between the school and parents or guardians? I think it begins with day one, like just open house, just making sure that you are being authentic and greeting the parents, especially at the elementary level. We are the first timers, right? So just making sure that we are making the school a welcoming place Sometimes uh, parents have a trauma associated with school or they have negative thoughts towards school and they're a little hesitant, but we try from day one at open house, making sure that, you know, we want you here, we want you in partnership, we, we value you. Um, we also make sure that uh, we over communicate every single Friday here at my school. I send a school messenger um, email that goes out um, accompanied by in the voicemail that's reading verbatim what's in the email, just in case you didn't feel like reading, you could just listen to my voice on in your car or on the phone. And um, it gives a flashback for what happened this week. And I'll say, you know, this was a great week to be a Cardinal. We did this, 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 and this. Next week, here are our events to make sure that that information is going out. The teachers are sending out newsletters. They're sending out reminds. Um, And again, we're trying to use our social media to post pictures and so forth to make sure that we're keeping the parents engaged. The the more information they have, I think we're in better partnership. Um, I think also with having events at the school, inviting the parents in, um, inviting them to come to the book fair. Um, We have certain mornings, hey, bring your child in, come come in um, for our Black history program, come in for our, our art program making sure we just keep their doors open. I know one of the main events our parents love is field day. They wait all year for that day. Um, they come bring out their lawn chairs and we give them enough notice and we want them here. We we want them to enjoy these years with their children. So I guess to sum it up is open communication and keeping our doors open for them. What about you, Mr. Chapel? I would hit on those same points. I think it's communication. I know myself as a parent, I have a student that's going into ninth grade this year. And one of the pet peeves since he's been in school is like a lack of communication. Like if the teacher or the school not communicating, then you know, as a parent, you can't always depend on what your child tell you when they get home. It's like, oh, you left part out. So I think for us here is communication and um, building a relationship as well as like learning a balance. Like, I know in elementary school, the parents, you know, they come to the school a little bit more. But when you get to middle school, it's kind of like, 
All right, you can't come every day, but you know, welcome to come. So, like she said, having events after school, you know, we did uh donuts with dads. We were surprised, like the turnout that we got them. So many dads came out just because they wanted to be a part of you know their students' life. And um, we're thankful for that. So uh also with social media, we make sure we're posting pictures, putting out videos and everything so they'll know and um uh, recognizing their student, make sure the student get recognized any way that they can, but just that learning. Line of communication is so important. Like she was saying with the messenger, uh, with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever way you can communicate it out, make sure we're communicating, make sure the parent understands like the expectations of the school and make sure we understand the expectations of the parent. And so we just got to know that, you know, uh, my model is always from, you know, nine o'clock to four o'clock. You're my kid. Like, I'm going to treat you like you one of my own kids. And parents need to know that we're here as principals. We're just like parents because, you know, if something happens in one of them, it affects us too, just like it will affect us with our own children. So we just want them to know, like, we care for them and, you know, we want the best for them. And sometimes, you know, we're hard on them because we want the best for you. We want you to make the right decisions. I echo the sentiments of both the others. They're exactly right about communication. And what Mr. Chapel is really hitting on is trust. Um, is that, uh, you know, that there at one time uh, there used to be just inherent trust in, in, in all of education in school and, and certain reasons and certain issues have caused uh, sometimes an eroding of that trust. And, and I, I'm here to say that, that I know that for my school, as well as, as the schools in the county school system, um, just like Mr. Chapel said, we have certified staff members and dedicated professionals that are here to make sure our students are safe that they're loved and that they are provided every opportunity for success. And, uh, and that doesn't mean we're perfect. It doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes at times. Uh, but our goal is to, to take care of their, our, their children, just like it's our, our parents goal. And, uh, and when that trust is there based upon good communication um, and just a, a common understanding of a common goal, then I think we can produce some, some really good results. I absolutely love that. I love all three responses. Now, to sum things up, if I could get from each of you a word of advice to your parents from the principal's desk. <laughs> so let's start. Let's go backwards. Let's start with you, Mr. Chair. All right. So uh, my word of advice uh, for our parents is that uh, when, our, when we receive students as ninth graders, uh, it still feels like it's going to be a long four years, and 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 it really is not. It is a short four years, and uh, their child will continue to grow and evolve and uh, and go towards adulthood. But um, savor each moment, good and bad, um, ease and stress. Uh, but savor each moment. Uh, we begin each school day, and I challenge our students to make the most of each opportunity to learn, grow, develop to reach their fullest potential because there's no such thing as an unimportant person or an unimportant day. And for the parents, savor each moment, because uh, in the blink of an eye, your young daughter, your young son will be a grown man, a grown lady, uh, and uh, and you will want to be able to, to hearken back to the memories and the moments that, that were special, not only in high school, uh, but but certainly is the time we have for them to uh, to just be, be look upon with those memories with fond, loving, um goodness in their hearts um for me i would say make sure you're involved as a parent like from day one you got to be involved um one of the mo main things is like uh miss howard said make sure you get infinite campus because 
that right there, knowing what's going on in class. Um, I know even for my own child, if they put in something, it's dinging my phone right then. And I know you're not supposed to text your kids when you're at school, but I'm like, why you got a zero? And, you know, you want to know right then why you got a zero. So, you know, maybe when they get home, just kind of ask them. But you got to be involved in everything. Be involved. Make sure even as a parent, you reach out to the teacher. And, and it goes a long way if the parent says, well, I've reached out. And, like, I know they've reached out. It kind of it goes a long way to know. And it makes the teacher feel that much better to know, you know what, this parent really concerned about their student. And so just be involved. Make sure you build relationships with the people in the school. And, you know, whenever you can volunteer and be a part of the school, join the PTO or PTA, whatever it may be at the school, and make sure you're being involved. All right, Dr. Howard, it's on you. All right. I think for my word of advice for my elementary parents um, is to make sure you just watch your child and let them grow. Let them be their unique selves. The elementary time is the time for them to explore things, be exposed to new things. Don't downplay anything. Don't downplay an interest. If they say they like horses one day, get a book on a horse. Uh, watch a video on a horse. You know, don't say we're not going to have a horse. Why would you, you know, just let them ask questions, set up a safe environment where they know that asking a question is allowable and that they trust you to seek an answer, even if you don't know it. Um, at the elementary level, this is where their minds are exploring and they're just encountering this huge different world. Um, and you don't want to set them up with any negative thoughts because once those little negative thoughts start to grow, that can affect their lifelong learning. Um, I make sure that if you had a negative experience with a certain with a certain subject, don't don't overexpose your student to that to that um, experience because they may have a different experience. You know, if you didn't like math, you'd be like, well, I didn't like math. That's probably why you don't like math. You know, don't have those types of conversations. Like, you know what, I didn't do that well with it, but let's see how this can be different. Let me communicate with the parent. Um, just being mindful of the words because the words are so impactful at the elementary level because this is when they decide if I like school or not. Um, just allow them to be curious, allow them to be unique. That's my advice. And there you have it. Well, you all have heard it straight from the principal's desk. We want to thank you so much for joining us on the NCSS Parent Connect podcast. We hope this episode has provided you with valuable insights and practical tips to support your child's learning journey. Remember, education is a collaborative effort, and we're here to help you every step of the way. So stay involved, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay curious with your child. Together, let's cultivate a love for learning that will last a lifetime. Join us again next time for more informative discussions and inspiring stories. Until then, keep learning, keep growing, and keep being the amazing parent your child deserves. Remember, NCSS is the best. Thank you so much, principals.